He put His Spirit within us. And within you is that holy place where God wants to manifest His presence. But how do we experience it all the time? Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. everyone and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues the exciting series entitled Piercing the Darkness. This episode of Life Talk is a story that begins with a demon, is born along by a false accusation, dead ends in a prison cell, but climaxes in a testimony to the power of praise. We have learned in the last few programs that the church that pierces the darkness will learn to turn pain into gain, stay with the Word of God no matter what, and will resist and defy political correctness. On today's Life Talk program, we are going to see that the church that pierces the darkness will also understand the power of praise. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to Pastor Jeff's message, The Power of Praise. I have never been a part of a church that did not attempt to pierce the darkness and that did pierce the darkness. We will never be a church that caves into the culture as much as lies within us. We will never do it. And so we've been sharing the last few weeks how to turn pain into gain, the characteristics of churches that actually pierce the darkness, cancel satanic assignments, see people get set free and saved. And instead of being shaped by the culture, shape the culture. So we've learned how to turn pain into gain. The second characteristic, stay with the Word of God no matter the consequences. And third, last week, resist and defy political correctness. We've got to learn to stand with the Word and not with PC. These CDs have been flying off the shelf. They've sold out every week. And that's because we're hitting a nerve. And I want to today talk about a fourth characteristic of churches that pierce the darkness, and that is churches that pierce the darkness will be praisers. They will be praising churches, worshiping churches. So let's look at this passage. We're going to read about the original jailhouse rock. Here it is. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. When were they doing it? At midnight. And who was listening to them as they worshiped God? Prisoners. Those that were chained up and in darkness and imprisoned heard them worshiping God. Now say with me suddenly. Suddenly God moved. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open. I don't know of a prisoner who would not love this to happen. But notice, everybody's chains came loose. Well, I understand the prison doors flying open because the earth was shifting. 
But the chains dropping loose, something else did that. And that was God moving, God sending His angels, God sending His anointing, God answering and testifying to and moving in the presence of the praises of His people. So the church that pierces the darkness will be a praising church. They say, well, I didn't read that there. Well, let me quickly go back. Paul and Silas were in a particular town. Actually, it was uh, Philippi. And a woman who had a spirit, a demon spirit of witchcraft, began to follow them around. And instead of exalting Jesus Christ, this spirit in this woman was exalting and lifting up these men. And they knew something's wrong with this because you don't worship us. You worship Jesus Christ and you worship God. So finally, it says, Paul, being grieved in his spirit, turned around, looked at her, and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And the demon spirit came out. Now, when that happened, she lost her evil gift. She had a gift. And the gift was divination. Well, it just so happens there were men in this city who were making money off of her gift. And they realized that she could not divine anymore. She could not speak over people's lives and sort of a a witch-type woman. She could no longer read their palms and do the things that she did to bring them money because she had lost her supernatural evil power. Well, the men got upset about their loss of income and they reported her and the preachers, Paul and Silas, and they spread a lie about them. And they told the magistrates of the city, these men have been bringing tumult and trouble to this city. They are seeking to overthrow this city and they began to tell lies about them. And they stirred up a riot against Paul and Silas. They seized them for something they had not done. They threw them deep into the dungeon. They chained them up. When you went into a dungeon in that day, it was not like Tarrant County Jail. You weren't guaranteed a lawyer. You weren't guaranteed a day in court. You weren't guaranteed anything. It was fully up to the leadership of the city as to when you got out, if you ever got out, under what terms you got out. In the meantime, you were thrown down into a hole to rot. It was not a great day at the office for Paul and Silas in the natural. Here they were, all of a sudden, just minding their own business, cast out one demon, and hell came against them. And so what did they decide to do? Well, they didn't call for their lawyer because they couldn't get one. What they did is they decided that they would praise God in the dungeon in the midnight hour. Now, I like to think that if I was thrown in jail for something I had not done and accused of something I had not been involved in, and I didn't know whether I was going to get out for a very long time, if ever, I like to think that I would praise God. I don't know. But I do know this. You don't know people in the good times. You know them in the bad. And you find out what's in you when you get into a rough spot, when you find yourself in a dungeon of sorts. You find out just how deep the Word of God has gone, just how strong your faith is. You find out when you find yourself in a dungeon, persecuted, forsaken, betrayed, left, turned on, When it looks like the deck is stacked against you, that's when you find out just how far God has come in your life. And what I want us to see today is that the disciples knew that praise was a weapon. 
It was one of the weapons of spiritual warfare that God had given them. You see, God didn't just put a song in our heart so we could sing in church. No. God put in us a praise. He put in us a song of praise that becomes a weapon when the enemy comes against us. We're going to see today that the church that pierces the darkness will do what these men did. The church that pierces the darkness, the darkness piercing church will be a church that has learned how to praise God, how to get a hold of God in the midnight hour and how to praise Him until satanic assignments are canceled. You see, some of you are under attack in your home. You're under attack in your marriage. You're under attack in your finances. And I've got a word for you today. Instead of mumbling and grumbling and complaining and murmuring and whining and crying, hey, stand in the middle of your living room and lift up a praise to God because there is something about praise that releases God. Now, I learned a long time ago that there's a great difference between singing about Him and singing to Him. It made a huge difference in my life when I learned there was a difference between singing a hymn, and I love hymns, but just singing a hymn sort of by rote, and then learning to look right up by faith into His face and singing to Him and being lost in praise and worship and in His presence. There is a head song where you know the lyrics in your mind, and that's about it. And there is a heart song when God has set you free. And all you can think to do is lift up your head and worship Him and praise Him because you've got a resurrection testimony. There is a time to praise. There are songs that people sing by mechanical repetition without even really understanding their meaning or their significance. They just sing it because they've been taught to sing it. And there are songs we sing out of the overflow of thanksgiving, faith, and praise for what God has done. I'm telling you again, the church that pierces the darkness in our day is always and evermore going to be a praising, worshiping church because He inhabits the praise of His people. The church that penetrates this present darkness and makes a difference and turns the tide with the light and the truth of Jesus Christ is not going to be confused about who they are. We are not going to be in an identity crisis, nor will we be oblivious to the spiritual weapons at our disposal. Like the one preacher I read about recently that was trying to sell his horse. A potential buyer came to the church for a test ride. The preacher said to him, well, before you start, you need to know something about this horse. He only responds to church talk. Because, you know, I've raised him and I'm a preacher, so that's what he knows. And so here's what you need to understand. The word for giddy up is praise the Lord. And the word for stop is amen. So when you want him to go, say praise the Lord. When you want him to stop, you say Amen. Well, hearing this, the man excitedly jumped on the horse and said, Praise the Lord! Well, to his delight, the horse started to trot. The man said, I just can't believe this. And so he said again, Praise the Lord! And the horse started to gallop. Well, suddenly the man spotted a steep cliff straight up ahead. And as the horse came right to the edge of the cliff, he shouted, Amen! And the horse stopped right there. 
The man wiped the sweat off his brow and said, Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, there is a moral to the story. The moral of the story is that we should always remember the meaning of things. What worship is, why we worship, and what God will accomplish through it. The church that pierces the darkness is going to understand what praise the Lord means. It's going to understand what worship means. Now, when you look at the Bible, the book of Psalms, which is the original hymn book, and from the greatest praiser and worshiper ever to walk the earth, which was King David, there's three levels of praise that David reveals to us from the Bible. In the hundredth Psalm, David tells us exactly how to become involved in praising and worshiping God. And I want you to listen closely to the three names that he attaches to praise or worship. Let's read the hundredth Psalm. It's very quick, very easy. Starting at verse 1, he says, I want you to shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Shout with joy, all the earth. Now, he says, worship the Lord with gladness. That's verse 2. Come before Him singing with joy. Verse 3, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Then verse 4 says, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Now, the three words listed in order are these, worship, thanksgiving, and praise. Three words that have to do with worshiping or praising are coming into God's presence. If you want to come into God's presence, here's the pathway. Worship, thanksgiving, and praise. Now, it's always interested me that in Romans 1, the mark of the ungodly is this, quote, they thought it foolish to acknowledge God. Now remember, David said, the first thing that ought to make you worship is acknowledge that the Lord is God. Because if God is God, then there's only one thing you can do, and that's worship Him. God being God, God is worthy of our worship. So David says to any aspiring worshiper, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. Yet in Romans 1, when Paul is describing the ungodly, he says this about them. They thought it foolish to acknowledge God. They thought it crazy to look up and say, you are God. He goes on, yes, they knew God, but they would not worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. You hear those words in there again? They wouldn't acknowledge Him. They wouldn't worship Him. They wouldn't thank Him. There is something very powerful here. Look at our culture right now and realize that our culture has moved away from the worship of God. Our children are told that they can't even acknowledge God in school, much less worship Him. But to acknowledge God is to worship God. To acknowledge God is to thank God. To acknowledge God is to gain sanity. It is sanity to acknowledge that the Lord, He is God. Now, because they refused to acknowledge Him as God or to worship Him or to give Him thanks, the very thing David said that we as worshipers should do, the result, the consequence for not worshiping God, it says they traded the truth about God for a lie. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. 
See, when you don't worship God and you're not filled with the Spirit of God, it leaves a spiritual vacuum in your life. And something is going to fill that vacuum. And look what filled the vacuum in the lives of these people who said, I'm not going to worship God or even acknowledge Him or even thank Him. It says, their lives became filled with wickedness, every kind of wickedness. You name it, they had it. And they worshipped, look, they worshipped idols. Made to look like mere people, birds, animals, and reptiles. Can you imagine that? Now here's what we need to realize today. Everybody worships something. If you don't worship God, you're going to worship something. You're going to worship something. And if you are here today or listening by radio and you don't worship God, can I tell you, you're worshiping something or someone. They said they made a trade. It was a bad business deal. It was very foolish. They said, instead of worshiping God and acknowledging Him, I'm going to build an idol that looks like a person or a reptile or an animal or a bird. And that's what I'm going to worship. So worship is the trademark and the practice of the redeemed. If you're a redeemed child of God, you've been wired by God to worship Him. You ought to look up and say, Abba, Father, I worship You. It was a great day of liberty for me when I got my hands up from half-mast all the way. I'm not telling you you've got to. I am telling you you get to. And I learned to lose myself in worship. That's when I, it was like putting up a lightning rod and God's power touched me. And I began, and in worshiping God, I discovered why I was here. Well, David says, if you want to come into God's presence, now I've got to give you a quick background. In the wilderness, you know, as they came across the sea and entered the wilderness towards the promised land, God instructed Moses, I want you to tell the people to build a tabernacle. And what the tabernacle was was a great, big, huge, portable tent with a big wall around it. And it was comprised of basically three things, an outer court, a holy place, and a holy of holies. To get into the tabernacle, there was only one door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. The Old Testament, the New Testament concealed. The New Testament, the Old Testament revealed. When you see something like this in the Old Testament, it's pointing to a future New Testament truth. So you had the tabernacle, this huge portable tent with the outer court, the inner court and the Holy of Holies, and you had to go through. There was only one way in, and it was this door. Now, when he says enter his gates with thanksgiving, he's got that door in mind. And what was the tabernacle for? God said, I want you to build that tabernacle so that everywhere you go, you have access to my presence because I will dwell in the Holy of Holies. And it's in the inner court of the tabernacle. So you didn't go into the tabernacle unless you wanted to get into the presence of God. Now, that's Old Testament. Where's the tabernacle now? You are the tabernacle. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, bought with a price. Now here's what I'm saying. David had this in mind when he said, you enter his gates with thanksgiving, then you go on into the courts with praise. He's picturing people who want to get into the presence of God. So they got to go in through that one door. And then if you want to go on into the presence, into the Holy of Holies, he said, you enter the gates with thanksgiving, then you move on into the courts with praise. So this psalm is incremental. It is in stages. It is progressive. 
we're heading into the presence of God. Let me ask you something. Do you hunger for God's presence? Do you enjoy seeing the Holy Spirit around you? Do you long to fellowship with the Lord and the beauty of holiness, not just on Sundays, but 24-7 when you're in rush hour traffic? Wouldn't that be a great time to experience the presence of the Lord? Well, now notice the tabernacle was portable. It went with them everywhere they went. You are born again, redeemed, filled with His Spirit so that His presence goes with you everywhere you go. Where is the presence of God? It's wherever you are. They said, oh, the cloud's moving by day, the fire's moving by night. So pull up the stakes, let's move the tabernacle, and we will put it back up wherever God stops. So everywhere they went, the presence went with them. But we've got a better deal. We don't have to pull up stakes. He put His Spirit within us. And within you is that holy place where God wants to manifest His presence. But how do we experience it all the time? Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Carry the presence with you everywhere you go. Now let me talk about thanksgiving for a minute. Thanksgiving. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. That's the beginning of getting into the presence of God. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude to God for what He has done. David said, thinking to thank God. Thanksgiving is not just for November. If the only time that you really think to thank God is November, oh, may God help you. Because listen, you're missing out on a blessing. hunger for God's presence? Do you enjoy sensing the Holy Spirit around you? Do you long to fellowship with the Lord at all times of the day? Then David says, Thanksgiving is the pathway to God's presence. Not only that, but Thanksgiving is directly connected to peace of mind. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Today, we thank God for all of His promises that we believe are ours, but may have not yet seen. We praise God, our Father in heaven, for His faithfulness and love. Psalm 27, verse 13 tells us, We believe, we are confident, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this. God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Be sure to join Pastor Jeff next time as he continues with part two of the message, The Power of Praise. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. The Power of Praise is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Piercing the Darkness. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Piercing the Darkness, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us 
for calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.